Welcome to a special episode of Acts of the Blood God, an independent RPG podcast. I am your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me as always is my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. We have a whale of tales today, don't we? We sure do. And we have two special guests. Who are they? Kimberly Wallace from Game Informer Magazine, the features editor, and also big RPG and Tales fan. And who else do we have here with me? I dwell amidst the abounding light of heaven. It's Victor Hunter, longtime Tales fan, friend, a friend of the show. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is part one of the Great Tales Ranking. Part two should be available in your feed right away if you're a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash bloodgodpod. The part two is available immediately to all of our $5 subscribers and above has the top 10 Tales games of all time. But if you want to wait a week, it will also be available to our free listeners next week. We already did the great Final Fantasy ranking, Kim. You were part of that as well. That was a lot of fun. It is the release of Tales of Arise, though, so it's time to take a hard look at the Tales series, a series we've never really covered in much depth on Acts of the Blood God. Well, we're kind of fixing that. This is where we're going all in. This is the definitive Tales month, I would say. We're getting all of the tales out of the way here. You are in getting September an injection of tales. All of the tales. All of, all the, of tales. the tales. We'll get to the ranking in just a moment, but first, if you enjoy the show, of course, please leave a review on the podcast of your choice, brightens your day, helps the visibility of the podcast, all that jazz. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore catbot, Nadia's at Nadia Oxford. Kim, where can we follow you? Twitter, KSTAR1785. And how about you, Victor? On Twitter, at Victor E. Hunter. And of course, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod, where we do a monthly pantheon of the Blood God podcast. Right now, we're doing Tales of Vesperia, just in case you can't get enough Tales coverage. <laughs> repeat! repeat! Baby, Woo! repeat. All right. And we- still. And of course, you can also get access early, a week early, to all of our podcasts if you're a $5 listener. We have like lots of special episodes, the Summer of the Rings watch- interviews, lots of fun stuff. But let's get to the great tales ranking. Before we do that, what is our individual histories with the tales series? Kim, I'll start with you. Oh, God, I'm going to share a story that I don't tell many people. Aww. So this Aww. is this is great content here. My first tales game, bless my little heart, was Tales of Legendia. Oh, my gosh. And I'm very proud of myself that that was not something that stopped me from continuing on with the series. Uh, my whole life, people are telling me to play the games, and I was just like, finally, PS2 era, I was like, let's let's just get this going. And, um, you know, we'll talk about it in the rankings, but not, not, not one of the best entries in the series to say. But then I played Abyss, like, right after that, and I got super engaged with the series and started playing like every entry and then trying to go backward into what I had missed. And then all the spinoffs were happening and everything else. So I have a great uh, affection for this series. I feel like the characters, how it does character bonding, one of the best series for that, uh, for RPGs in general, and really got attached to characters in a way I don't think a lot of series like pay attention to take those little moments um, 
and yeah, that that's um, kind of where it's been since then. And I did play Symphonia and all those things. I finally got it, but I'm like mad at myself that Legendio is my entry into the <laughs> series. And so I'm shaming myself. You can come at me and be like, Kim, why? We're going to come at you with I, the bell. Well, I, well, think- I sat there with Legendia with the strategy guide too back in the day, my paperback strategy guide, because that was like I had to coop I thought it was some game that I was gonna be need to be a huge completionist with and was going to be annoyed um if I didn't. And no, uh I, I think that's Moses a badge and of Jay honor. were were the, the stars of that game, but yeah. we'll get back to we'll no, get to I, that later. But. I absolutely think that's that's a badge of honor. That's that's not a source of shame. That's a like you you entered through a, a less loved entry in the mm-hmm. series and persevered. And I think that's very respectable. So yeah. I agree. Thank you. I was, I was going back and forth whether or not to share that because I'm such a big fan obviously, like of the series sure. and have been playing it for such a long time now. Um, even whenever I go to Japan, I go to that tail store. That's uh, there's, a, there's a tail uh, store. I was in Akihabara. I didn't see a tail store. Uh, oh my God. I have pictures of it. I'll send them to you. Oh my Nadia, God. That's amazing. It is, it is a dream come true. Like that was part of my favorite part of Japan. Just walking in and be like, there's a whole store devoted just to that's this. Like a, this is awesome. It's like a pilgrimage. Like people walk the way yeah. of St. James. You walk the way of uh, tails. That's where I got my repeat pillow <gasps> oh, that I have on my bed. Baby. And yeah, there's a lot of, lot of good things. But yeah, to say that's my entry and I'm like, I'm just going to be straight up with it and honest. It wasn't the best entry point, but I stuck with it. And I'm glad because Vesperia is one of my favorites too. Like I said, Abyss is really high up there for me. Um, it, it's been a journey. I think that rules. Victor, how did you get into the Tales series? Like a lot of people, I, I got brought in with Symphonia. Um, I was I was a Nintendo Power subscriber, and Nintendo was pushing. I mean, they 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 helped fund the localization of Symphonia in the first place, so they were pushing it really hard in Nintendo Power. Um, I hmm. I was also uh, a kid who was very online in the '90s, so I recognized. Kosuke Fujishima's character designs from Oh My Goddess and You're Under Arrest and that kind of stuff. So it was very like, uh, you know, synapses were firing and being like, this <laughs> looks like something that I will probably like. Um, so I got super into Symphonia. And then uh, because I needed to know everything about the series, I, uh, you know, also dug into the the backlog and wanted to learn about all the games that, that didn't come over here. And, and around the time that Symphonia was coming out here, Rebirth was coming out in Japan. So I looked up a bunch of stuff about Rebirth and was really interested in the fact that there's sort of like there's 2D games and then there's also 3D games. And yeah, I, I just found it really compelling, especially because so little of it came out over here that there was so much kind of interesting stuff to dig into um and uh yeah since symphonia i've i've just been super super into the series i love it i i haven't been to the cafe or or the the store but i do have i have some glasses that were only available when the cafe opened for tales of zillia it was it was open for like (laughs) A very (laughs) brief period of time. So I imported some. I have Mila and Jude drinking glasses and then a Mila and Jude mug. Um, So that's sort of my that's my merch uh, collection is just houseware. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I I adore the series and I'm so glad that it's 
it looks like Arise is doing well enough that I the series looks like it's probably going to have a bit of a boom and a bit of a revival. So I'm really excited about that and what that means for potentially re-releases of some of the older games. Right. A new appreciation for the history of the series and how um, how so many like developers in the Tales series have gone on to either create other series like Star Ocean and stuff or... You know, it, it just has there's there's Tales DNA in a lot of of modern RPGs. And um, and I think I think that's wonderful. I'm I'm really excited for a bit of a Tales renaissance. Nadia, you're relatively new to the series, if I recall correctly. Was Vesperia the first one? Uh, no, my first one was the infamous fan translation of uh, Tales of Woo! first one, Tales of Fantasia. Nice. And it was just the translation was just like full of explicitives and and it just was absolutely nonsensical. But I kind of dropped that, but I appreciated the gameplay. I really enjoyed that. I didn't finish the game though. But after that I gave Tales a very, very long rest. Didn't really look at it. I'm not I'm surprised at myself that I never picked up Symphonia. I, I don't know why I skipped that. I must have been broke. That's usually my excuse for missing out on games at the time. <laughs> and then I picked up Vesperia the remake which i really enjoyed and then i just jumped over to arise which is a great game and that's a very very succinct but fruitful history i suppose as for me i discovered the series through tales of destiny back in the playstation days i had a friend who was a huge huge tales of destiny lover um and i think it's still one of his favorite games to this day I did not, it did not really connect with me in many ways. I think because I didn't really understand the battle system at the time. I was yeah. like, what am I supposed to be doing? This feels a little clunky and a little slow. It looks a little dated. Eh. But then uh, Symphonia came out in 2003 and I played it on the GameCube. I rented it on successive weekends. And my first thought was, this is neat. I got exactly what I wanted, an action-based but also vaguely turn-based combat system. That's cool. Mm-hmm. It's very pretty. It was a very pretty GameCube game mm-hmm. at the time. And also, it reminded me a lot of Final Fantasy X. In fact, it felt like a wholesale ripoff of Final Fantasy X, <laughs> which is something that the Tales series does really well, is that it basically lifts plots from other anime and other games and repurposes them, but in a fun way, in a fun and enjoyable and a very bubbly way. All right. So the Tales series, historically, kind of the the third wheel in the uh, the kind of the RPG pantheon of Japanese games. You have your Final Fantasy and the Dragon Quest, a little more famous. But then there's the Tales series, which Bandai Namco has pushed hard over the years, has invested a lot in, and has never quite caught on in North America, maybe because of its anime stylings, I want to say, um, and because especially when the Tales series was being heavily invested in and kind of growing, I would say that there's a a real spirit of dismissiveness toward JRPGs Mm -hmm. in the games media and elsewhere, which made it a little bit harder for them to gain traction, I would say. Yeah, but I think that like kind of hidden status like gave it a really, really dedicated cult following. And you get that sometimes with, say, games like uh, Earthbound, which was another game which was kind of dismissed at the time, but people flocked around it because they realized hey this is a great game and i think people were doing the same thing for tales because when i meet a tales fan they are a tales fan <laughs> they mm-hmm. they know everything about everything i'm kind of on the outside with the way i only know a few scattered games but uh no there are certainly people who will tell you the history of the world if you ask them about tales i mean when when 
such a small percentage of the games get localized in the first place, you kind of have to be a passionate fan because, you know, you you play a game and then you hear that three more have come out since you played it and (laughs) you there's nothing about them. So you you kind of have to become that person who wants to dig and and find the gems and find the unlocalized stuff. And kind of reminds me of being a fan of RPGs during the SNES era when you would play Final Fantasy 4 slash 2 and you'd hear, oh, they're they're already on 6 over in Japan and we're not getting 5. So it was kind of a mystery that happened over there and we had our games and we had to deal with that. Yeah, so that's what I actually find funny is when I was getting into the series, I was also uh, writing for a fan site, um, RPGfan.com. Oh, yeah. And... um, while I was doing that, you know, I have a little bit different perspective on the Tales series because it was that like fan, like it was constantly like all these people say that these games are so great, but then Bandai and Namco doesn't want to bring these ones over, but they brought this, they brought over Legendia, and there's like all this discussion on how there were so many games that they wanted us to get and play, and we just weren't getting. Um, the ones and they didn't feel like you know fans felt left out because they wanted some of these to come over and they didn't and just knowing that whole ire of you know well japan's getting all like this why aren't we and what is the series going to take off and i think a lot of fa- you've had that feeling from fans that there was a lot of like love and belief like it should be getting more you know love and they wanted to see more entries come over um you know it was just one of those things where i just remember all the conversation around it and then finding out about all these games and then i'd go over to japan and i'd buy like the imports and be like well you know what you didn't need that one because (laughs) or like oh i understand why you're upset about this one yes this one would have been better but yeah that was kind of my uh history of going through it was just watching people be really really upset over which ones would come over and which wouldn't and us not getting that um vesperia on ps3 um was a big deal i remember and and we'll we'll even see with the list we have today. You know, it's not like Final mm-hmm. Fantasy where all of those games are ready readily available to play. This is a list that ranges from uh, has an official localization to has a sort of budget, not super great official localization. Mm-hmm. Some have fan translations that are serviceable. Some don't. Some uh, you just have to play with a written guide. Like uh, some have fan translations that are currently being made and worked on and and we might see finished versions of in the near future. So it's yeah, it's a real it's a real mix of of barriers of entry for all of these different yeah. games. Well, let's talk about what sets the Tales series apart from other RPGs. I would say there are three major things and maybe Victor and Kim, you can disagree with me. But one I would say is the action battle system. Uh, whereas totally. other RPGs tend to have turn-based combat, the Tales series has always had a kind of a combo-based system. It varies from game to game how intense that is. But that's one. Another is the anime styling, perhaps much more so than either Dragon Quest or Final Fantasy, which are anime but have kind of their own house style. The Tales series leans heavily into anime. It tries to be basically a playable anime which is yep. kind of evidenced by the the skits. It's exemplified by the skits. Mm-hmm. And finally, the humor and the cute cast, the people who love the Tales series just love it because it's so 
sickly sweet in many ways. It's over the top. It's a Bishonen anime, and people like it for that. It makes no mm-hmm. qualms about being as ridiculous as possible. Did I miss anything? Is that pretty much what sets it apart? Yeah, I mean, I touched on this a little bit earlier, but like it's it is those character interactions for me, anyways. Um, I f- really feel like they go the extra mile to give you fun scenes between characters and watching their bond grow. And I love how the whole cast just kind of, you know, they come together, but you're seeing why they work and become friends along the way, which I know sounds <laughs> cheesy, but like, I like that. Yeah, I like, like if you're going to save the damn world together, you better have some fun along the way and get to know each other and be friends. And I liked seeing the different, like as those skits like brought out, some of them are really funny and humorous. And I always felt they just did such a good job with those character interactions and, um, if you're somebody who really likes watching characters bond and having like, you know, they they range too from like super like, you know, just silly off kilter skits to all of a sudden of like they, somebody will bust out a really like serious like confession about their life story and you're like, oh my god, I didn't know yeah. that about that character, you know. That's um, the skits are interesting to me because sorry, yeah, go ahead. They they can just vary so wildly between fun anime fluff to really deep insight into character growth and and their their ambitions and what this character means as a, a component of an ensemble and and I I think that in general that whiplash when when you talk about how like it, it is there's a lot of cute anime fluff it also goes into the grim dark anime edgy oh, yeah. realm and there's yep. like the tonal whiplash in tales is wild So here's how we're going to be handling the ranking. We're focused on the Mothership games and their sequels. We're leaving out the mobile games, the spin-offs. We're not doing Radiant Mythology. No! Sorry. (laughs) Now, I want to jump out ahead of this because... uh, So... uh, I feel like I, I need to, I need to lay a, a bit of uh, foundation here for for how this works in the Tales world because for a long time, uh, the producer of the series was Hideo Baba, and he was sort of very strict about having uh, certain Tales games that you would consider like mainline titles. Uh, they, he would label them mothership games, and then you'd have escort titles, and those were spinoffs or crossover games or just things that were considered not integral to the main canon of Tales. Um, This uh, sort of got kind of set aside once that distinction became a little bit more ambiguous because there were all of a sudden a lot of mobile games coming out. And uh, the, the current producer did away with the mothership and escort uh, distinction. And the games are now considered either original or crossover. So ah. uh, yeah, it, 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 it shook up the Tales world. Believe me, <laughs> this is this is a paradigm <laughs> shift for the fandom. What a twist. Uh, Perfect Tales I moment. Know. Totally. Yeah, this is, this is the third act twist where we discover that there was another world the whole time. Um, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> There's um, so, yeah, now we have these original titles, which means that sorry, Tempest haters, but Tempest gets to be regrouped back in with the rest of the main titles. 
And then crossover no! titles <laughs> include things like the Narikiri Dungeon spinoffs, Tales of the World, and all the uh, most of the mobile games. It seems like they're trying to make this next mobile game uh, uh, fall under the original banner. But anyway, that's getting into the weeds. But just so people know, there was there was a distinction between Mothership and Escort that's kind of been altered a little bit to be original and crossover. Well, we have 18 total games across part two parts. Part one will be 18 through 11, maybe the lesser lights in the Tales series. And we'll start at number 18 with a game that was considered to be so bad it did not come over to North America and was demoted from Mothership status. Yes, number 18 is Tales of the Tempest, a game so poorly received <laughs> it was never released, received a Western release. The RP Gamer review headline was, I warned, was warned, but I did not listen. <laughs> it was outsourced to Dimps, who did a pretty poor job. Oh, interesting. Dimps is usually pretty on top of things. That's uh... Sonic Rush, baby. Yeah, they could be hit or miss, I guess. So miss... Yeah. And the Tales series did not have a great run on the Nintendo DS, and that might be because they were trying to make it 3D, and maybe 3D games on the 3DS or on the original DS just uh, don't tend to go very well. Can I? Here we go. Can I? Are <laughs> yes. we getting into it? Are you going to defend, into are you gonna defend Tempest? Here, here oh, no. I come, baby. I've <laughs> look. I'm going to be climbing up a lot of hills and dying on them for the next few hours. And this is the first Love one. Okay. <laughs> uh, I get it. Tales of the Tempest was the first DS Tales game. There's a lot of reasons to not like it. It It is ugly. It is short. It doesn't do anything particularly interesting. Like me. Oh, <laughs> Nadia. Nadia, hey, be kind true. to yourself. You're not nearly Don't as bad as Tales of the Tempest. Don't talk about my friend like that. <laughs> I'm a little bit better than Tales of the Tempest. Okay, I can I can accept that. Uh, I think Tempest has some redeeming qualities, and I think here's here's the thing: Tales games. <laughs> here's another thing. Hold on, <laughs> let me back up. <laughs> I, I just have to lay so much groundwork for what I'm about to say. I I am of the mind. Ain't no such thing as a bad tales game, baby. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna find ways to defend them all. Um, but something about the Tales series that is a huge pitfall is something that is also wrong with the James Bond series. And here we go. They're long-lasting series. But every time it feels like they're always trying to check off as many boxes of what makes an entry in that series an entry in that series. Right. Which means that a lot of mainline Tales games have a ton of bloat. I think Tales and James Bond, every single entry in those series can be exactly 15% shorter. Um, and because of that, because Tales of the Tempest is a shorter Tales game, I think that makes it this 
This is a comment that's only going to matter to like five people. Tales of the Tempest is the quantum of solace of Tales games. Oh, and no. I think in the next few years, <laughs> we are going... Catch <laughs> oh, <laughs> one of the five. Yeah. <laughs> too far, man. Too far. We Hey, Quantum of Solace was much maligned when it came out. And upon further reflection... I think people are going to come back to it and acknowledge this that there are redeemable qualities. This is more like a Roger Moore Tales game. One of the bad ones. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm not a huge Roger Moore fan, so I think there's a lot of bad Roger like Moore. Like cheesy as uh, hell, bad production values. You're just like, all right, what is yeah, going yeah, on yeah. here? You know, we can, we can make as... a, If we're going to compare all of these to James Bond films, I'm, I think Quantum of Solace can be a different one. Uh, at a different point. Oh, but. I'm looking forward to our journey and discovering where you decide Quantum of Solace lies in the it's Tales. Not Tales canon. of Tempest. No, no. This, All right. this is one of the worst ones. Sorry. I, I, I agree I with you that it's, I agree with you that it's really short. And that is actually not a bad thing per se. <laughs> like I, I mean people are going, Oh, I want an eighty hour RPG. It's like settle down. Like Tales games have a lot of bloat. They have a bloat problem. Yeah. If we're going to be totally yep. honest, especially usually in the last third or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. So Definitely. being short and sweet is good. It's just the production values are really bad. The battle system isn't great. It's just it's a half-baked RPG that doesn't make good use of the Nintendo DS. So I just... I think the battle system mm-hmm. is if a Tales game was Mega Man Battle Network. <laughs> Oh, make make of that what you will. I'll I'll let I'll let the listener decide what that is. Random encounters, <laughs> dead baby as the hero, and I. <laughs> I'm just saying. I. <laughs> I I will also say uh, something that I find endlessly charming about Tales of the Tempest is that obviously they did not have a huge budget for it. It means they didn't get the usual production IG anime opening, Mm -hmm. but they try so hard. It still has a kick-ass theme song. Like every Tales game has a good theme song. And Tempest has an opening that tries to use the in-game assets to sort of recreate an anime opening. And Mm -hmm. it is, oh, precious, (laughs) sweet, sweet. Sweet child, like gold star. It says you try. Absolutely, it tries so hard, and I find that endlessly charming. So that's uh, I'm going to leave it at that. That's Tales of the Tempest. That's more than anyone has ever talked about Tales of the Tempest. I rest my (laughs) case. (laughs) I will say that Tales of the Tempest, I think, maybe is more reputation bad based on reputation than anything because absolutely people heard about it being absolutely wretched and of course it was Mm. import only so they didn't really get a chance to see for themselves so it becomes maybe justified or not it has become kind of the whipping child of this series Kim do you you have a strong take on Tales of the Tempest I'm curious it's got its reputation um, but would you have wanted like I wouldn't have wanted a long long more bloat like Tails game on the DS, it's not. Mm-mm. I think they would have been know. in much better shape if they had gone with a 2D um, approach yeah. to yes. Tales of the Tempest because there's just so many bad 3D games on the DS. And it's hard when they start a game and they just don't have like the budget of a normal title and then 
it stands as with getting the expectations of like, and I think people did have higher expectations than what was um, there, but I think they're excited to play tales on DS and fortunately it swung and it really missed. I'm telling you, give it five years. DS nostalgia is going to be at its height. You think so? And we're going to see a reevaluation of a lot of 3D ta- or 3D DS games for sure. Yeah. It's weird that Nintendo DS uh, nostalgia has not really taken hold yet. I yeah. guess because yeah. it kind of blends into the 3DS, if you ask yes. me. Mm. And that's not quite yeah, there yet. It I, for me it blends in with the Wii era of very yeah. like white family friendly Nintendo, and I think I think a lot of the people who started with those games were a little younger. So it's going to take a couple more years for that nostalgia cycle to to kick in. But inevitably, it will. Sorry, before we go ahead, I, I want to make sure that we address the uh, characteristic genres and the names of the battle systems for each game. Okay, so. Tales of the Tempest, uh, part of the Tales marketing campaign is that they announce what genre the the game is. And it's never just a JRPG. Of course. It is always an overwrought. And, and originally this was used in the development team as sort of like a guidepost for, for what the, the, the thesis of the game would be. And it's sort of become just a like, as when a new Tales game gets announced, you get a new characteristic genre. So Tales of the Tempest is, and these are translations that I've taken from the, the Tales wiki, uh, is a To Awaken the Soul RPG. The fuck? <laughs> the, the what? It's My a To Awaken the asleep. Soul RPG. It, look, it's like a strand game. Everybody knows what strand games are. It's a To Awaken the Soul RPG. We've all played plenty of those. It's our favorite genre. That's true. Uh, and the battle system, we'll probably get into some some more of like the 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 way the battle system is constructed and evolved from Fantasia. But this is the three on three linear motion battle system, or three on three limbs. And who's our hero? All right. Oh, that's that's, that's a, a sweet little werewolf named Caius Qualls. Ah, werewolves. Yeah. Our next entry is a sequel, the first sequel on this list, and it's a sequel to one of the most beloved games in the series that really carry on. Yes, number 17 is Tales of the Symphonia, Dawn of the New World for the Nintendo Wii and the PlayStation 3. It is To Believe in the Resonating Hearts RPG has a flex range element enhanced linear motion battle system or free sure. limbs. Sure. <laughs> of course. Let's, We've let's all... throw a bunch of words together. Yeah. And, we and love these yeah. kinds yeah. of games. That's what they do. Yep. <laughs> it's very, it's very Saturday square hearts. in the way that they just make word salad. Yes. Yeah, just make word salad. It's amazing. This, this one hurts me, guys. Mm. I'm sorry. Kim, why does this hurt you? because of the protagonist <laughs> and I could not get like throughout the tale series there are some protagonists who are not as great I would argue that this is one of the most irritating and annoying protagonists in the series Emil and I wanted to like this game so bad I went into it all hyped up 
Because so it's like, yes, finally a uh, sequel. It had the monster capture and collection, which like you put that in a game and I'm just like in, you know, I want to play it. But what a disappointing game all around in so many ways. Um, God, and it really does. It's like I can handle bad characters, but even with being so annoyed by this kid. Like I couldn't even keep my damn Wii on to play it because I was just like, I can't deal with this. And I, I kept trying, I kept trying. Like, that's the thing I have. I'm like, no, you waited for this game. You paid full price for it. You're going to freaking play it and play. And it like, it's not the worst thing I've ever played, but when you put Symphonia in that title and you say, if this is a sequel, like, those expectations are just up and there's a reason in in the in the tales fan community you never call it symphonia 2 yes mm. <laughs> right. it's dawn right. of the exactly. new worlds it's not tales of symphonia 2 i mean i'll let other people talk about it but just know that this one broke my little heart Aww. and Aww. i kept trying i kept trying with it really hard because like i said the monster club, it just thought oh there's got to be something here that's like going to make me What's so Be- what's so bad about the protagonist? Is he just annoying? Oh, he's like so, a coward. <laughs> Go ahead, Victor. Victor yeah. did the, the so, side just as good as I did. Coming coming off of Tales of the Abyss, which we'll get to, but it has such a strong redemption arc. It has such a good just character arc for for the main character, and it also has a really um, mature for a Tales game romance. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Um, Sym- Symphonia had a very juvenile like oh the the main character he doesn't know she likes him oh, what uh, a doofus yeah. kind of thing uh symphonia sorry dawn of the new world uh-huh. doubles down on that and makes just the most juvenile main character romance yeah. in the world it's so grating it's so i hate it that. goes nowhere it doesn't serve anything um and and there, there is a little bit of back and forth uh, in in Emil, the main character. His his arc does have some interesting tension between his his romantic interest, the the female lead Marta, um, but it it doesn't it doesn't really end up being enough of anything to make them compelling. And it doesn't, despite the good things that happen with that with that romance, it doesn't overcome all of the annoying qualities about these two characters uh which is really too bad because the main villain's kind of cool i i dig him i like him a lot there's some good music tracks um there's uh, one of the other things that's super disappointing is that the hook for this game was that the protagonist um has a beef with lloyd from tales of symphonia and it was very marketed as like Oh my gosh, Lloyd has turned. Like what why is he doing this? What's going on? What's happening here? And the reveal is the biggest cop out in the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's Ouch. it's I mean, I'll I'll spawn Dawn of I'll spoil Dawn of the New World for you. It it the, the reveal is that someone has the ability to uh transform into other people and went out and did bad things looking oh, like come Lloyd. On. And That's I was like, come so, on, that, I know, right? That's so we boring. Were, yeah, that ability has never been in Tales of Symphonia. There's no precedent for that. It was <laughs> right. just like someone <sighs> happens to have this magical power. 
Uh, and it you just feel duped as a fan. Yeah, yeah you're like we expected better than that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's really easy to do. Is like the oh, it's not really like it, that's also yeah. Weird. It's like the uh, yeah. it was all a dream of uh, of character development. Uh, completely, yep. yeah. Um, but but the battle system is great. It builds off of Abyss in some really cool ways. It makes for a lot of fun aerial combos. Like you say, monster collecting is very cool. There's there's some neat ideas and the. I, I don't mind so much that they took away the world map because you'd just be retreading locations from Symphonia anyway. Um, so like they just sort of streamline it and and there's a lot of things that work about it, but it's it's so undermined by a lot of cheap plot devices and just an unlikable cast, which is what we go to right. Tales for. Is yeah, of course. Exactly. That's cast. why it really yeah. fails for yeah. me is that very unlikable cast. Yeah. Voice acting didn't do it any favors either. <laughs> and and it's not the, good voice acting. All of the on North America side. Yeah, all of the all of the characters that come back from the original are underused completely. Like it, it I don't know. Yeah, it's That's too, bad. too bad. Major step back from Tales of Symphonia, and in some ways is very reflective of the Nintendo Wii at the time because. It was the system that would be having sequels to various GameCube games, but would be somehow worse, which is interesting. Thank you. I would always bum me out with the Wii was it was starting to get like all these RPGs and like this was one of them. And I just never had fun playing RPGs on the Wii. Yeah, like, it was not a great system to play RPGs because it felt very at odds with the light kind of gimmicky yeah. motion play mm -hmm. of the exactly. Wii. It felt like the Wii was fighting against the RPG experience from the start. Absolutely. Which is which is interesting because when we get to Graces, that was a battle system specifically made for the Wii remote and Nunchuck, and it is regarded as one of the best in the series and is it the is. basis for a lot of subsequent battle systems that are very successful. So yeah, it's, it's interesting. They just didn't have, they tried to just make a, a game that could have been on any console and put it on the Wii when what they needed to do was consider the hardware. Yeah, exactly. Uh, if you could, with the Wii, if you could develop around the hardware, you could get some amazing games like um, Little King Story was just fantastic. Yes, sure. I, I yeah. want that game to be released everywhere. Yeah, no one talks about that it was game anymore. It was like Pikmin. And you just like, I remember playing that and it's just, it was such a delight. It was Pikmin, but not boring. And I know a lot yes. of people are going to kill me for that remark, but it's so true. But that Mario Galaxy was designed for the Wii remote. It was fantastic. And uh, yeah, but if you tried to play something like Xenoblade Chronicles, if you weren't playing it with a with a classic controller, it was mm -hmm. just, forget it. It was yeah. so stupid. Yep. Yeah. Right. Anything else on Tales of Symphonia Dawn of the New World? Uh, courage is the magic that turns dreams into reality. <laughs> there you go. That, that, that's hella true. I love that we have you here just for those taglines, honestly. <laughs> it's, it's really making I, I'm sure not coming up with them. <laughs> coming in at number 16, I dare you to have an opinion on this RPG. Yes, number 16 is Tales of Hearts for Nintendo DS. It was remade for the PlayStation Vita. It is the meeting between Hearts RPG. The original had the combination aerial linear motion battle system, abbreviated perhaps as Cinarlims, and its remake is Aerial Chase Linear Motion Battle System, or the Arc Limbs, because the remake changed the battle system quite a bit, and its protagonists are Core Meteor. Great names, though I really don't like Cores. Uh, character design one of the kind of actually one of the worst character designs 
in the series, in my opinion. He's pretty boring looking. Mm -hmm. He's he's just he's like he has the a sword and a bracer. Woo! Brown brown haired brown haired JRPG protagonist with sword. Brown um, hair so and tails. That is a sin. Oh sure, yeah. So it might um, be just... a little mean for me to put Tales of Hearts below like Legendia and Innocence and that kind of thing. It's just those games kind of have interesting things. Like you could debate them. You could be like, wow, it's like this one has an amazing soundtrack or something like that. Whereas Hearts is just, I think, so middle of the road, so forgettable that it's hard to make a real case for it. So I just looked this up because I was like, I remember reviewing this for Game Informer the v on Vita. And I just typed it in and the headline I have is missing heart and soul. <laughs> and I was like, yep. That is a true. That's Pretty why we succinct. get paid the big bucks to come up with headlines. <laughs> right, like <that>. right. <laughs> I'm like, oh god. Man, that's good. Uh so I, I put down core meteor and shing meteorite because this was an era of some weird localization choices for Tales games. Um so in the original, his name is Shing Meteorite. Um uh for whatever reason, Tales of Hearts R comes out. So we never got the Nintendo DS version, Tales of Hearts. We got the, the Vita version, Tales of Hearts R. And they renamed him to Core Meteor, um, which is, <laughs> a, I don't know, a pretty lateral move as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, okay. Um, but, and this is, I'm going to get in the weeds a little bit again. When Graces came out, it was a big deal for the Tales localization community because it had a collectible card system in it. And all of the cards were named after characters from other Tales games. Ah. And this meant that for the first time, we'd be seeing English names for a lot of characters from games that never came out mm. in English. And part of that was seeing the Tales of Hearts characters. Now, the, the uh, female protagonist in uh, Tales of Hearts is named Kohaku Hearts. And in English, Kohaku means amber. So in Graces, they localized her name as Amber. Makes sense, right? We're all we're all yeah. on board with this. And Tales of Hearts comes out in English. They call her Kohaku, even though a precedent had already <laughs> oh. been set in a previous game. Right. So there there are tons of weird things like that, and and you know the, all the different ways that special attacks have been localized in English, where the names don't always line up. It's that's a whole rabbit hole you can go down. But yeah, Tales of Hearts has has an odd a lot of odd localization choices and because it was a budget title for the vita release uh, it doesn't have any english voiceover um so you're hearing people say shing meteorite and you're reading in the subtitles core meteor <laughs> uh, so it's there's just a lot of there's a lot of dissonance in in hearts yep i have to say with a with a series as big and sprawling as tales you need that consistency in the localization. Like Final Fantasy is really, really picky about that, as they should be. The Bandai Namco should take a lot more care with that. Maybe they do now, but it sounds like yeah. back then I they think didn't. North American um, releases were kind of backburnered with a few yeah. specific yeah. cases. Uh, Symphonia, I think, was kind of intended to appeal to North American audiences, for example. But as time went on and kind of budgets fell, I'm not so super surprised that localization budgets kind of suffered first. That said, I think yeah, things have changed yeah. again and Tales of Arise feels like it was kind of designed for a Western audience. Absolutely. Yeah, it kind of gives me Dragon Quest XI vibes. In How do you want to say 
because that was also uh, very Kat, you, you brought up earlier about the the 2d battle system how it would have served a ds game better and tales of hearts on ds goes back to a 2d battle system so the hearts and hearts are are could could not be more different gameplay wise they are are so mm-hmm. wildly different as games uh which is why i have to just Except that this ranking is completely arbitrary. I can't think about it too hard or I'll go insane. I mean, so what you're saying is you would want to rank Tales of Hearts R separately. I think I would just because they're very, very different. Like uh, Hearts uh, is a 2D game. It has great pixel art. Um, it, It uses a battle system that's kind of more like the Destiny remake, those sorts of games. Um, And it is also really heavy on um cameo stuff so like when you're in battle you're building up a combo and then when you build up a gauge you interrupt your own combo by summoning either like lloyd from symphonia or a bunch of other symphonia or tales characters as well as like cosmos or klonoa or like there's a bunch of of (laughs) namco characters that are just in there as part of the battle system um so it's got this like fun kind of tribute to Namco history element to it. Um, Yeah, it's neat. And then the Vita version feels very much like they were trying to recapture the spirit of Symphonia, Abyss and Vesperia. It has it has a very similar structure, you know, world map, towns, battle system that is a variation of the linear motion battle system. and uh, it it feels like, like I say, just a, a wholly different experience. Um, there was a fan translation being worked on for Tales of Hearts. Uh, they even released a demo that had the first little chunk of the game. But when Hearts R was announced to be getting an official localization, they said, so we're not competing with Namco. So we're not like distracting from an official release. We're just canceling it. We're not releasing it. Uh, in any way, shape, or form. So there, there is a near-complete fan translation of Tales of Hearts for DS out there somewhere, which might be worth visiting. Uh, but it's lost time. <laughs> you, you challenged me to have opinions about Hearts, and goddammit, I had them. <laughs> sure did. Our next entry at number 15, Not So Legendary. Yes, number 15 is Tales of Legendia, where Bonds spinned Legends RPG. It's just the crossover linear motion battle system, so not as complex. It only came out on the PlayStation 2, and its hero is Snell Coolidge, who is described as by Victor, easily my favorite famous Coolidge. All right, so Tales of Legendia. Kim, I think you have strong opinions on this one. I do. Um... What a strange, strange journey this game is. Um, I don't even know where to begin, to be honest with you, because there's this weird plot where, like, Senel is in love with Shirley, who's technically, like, his sister, but he's an adopted sister, so they're not, like, really related, but they grew up together, and they have that relationship, and it's kind of... 
I ugh. and Shirley is like the worst like damsel in distress character I've ever seen in my life, and she's really annoying. And he and Sennel should have went after Chloe, who is freaking awesome. And that love triangle pissed me off because it did not end how I wanted it to, and I'm still mad about it. Really? And I have to talk about that. Oh, I get so mad when my love triangles don't end up how I want them to. I I'm a groom. Chloe's man, just like so. so awesome, and she's next to Shirley. This like. They tried to make her marry Sue, but like in the same sense, like everybody hated her. So like it didn't work. Um, and she's just like this goody two shoes. Like I can do no wrong, but you're, she's constantly getting into danger and you constantly have to save her. And it's just so infuriating. And then at the end, because she can't have what she wants, she just like goes nuts and is like, oh, I'll just like. You know, destroy everything. So sorry. Sorry. I'm I'm still mad about this. This was my first Tales game. Um, And to say the least, uh, I was very confused by it. Um, But then I got really attached to some of the characters despite having issues because like Jay and Moses are real cool. And they have these character side stories that they did in this that I really liked um, because I always like learning backstories on characters and kind of finding out like, they all they went to some interesting places. I'll give it that. Um, but God, I have nightmares about Shirley to this day. Um, the random encounter rate was super high. I remember, um, and it just wasn't very fun to play um, after a while. I remember the dungeons being blah. Um, and I don't think it helped that it came out around. Was it the same year as Abyss or around that time? Yeah, I think, I think it was so, the same yeah. year. Oh God! In a no, they really pumped them out. Such a great. So I played Abyss after this, and like, boy, was it two different experiences for me. And uh, Abyss is what really I think made me fall in love with the series. To be honest with you, but Legendia is just a weird title, one that like I question localizing this one over some of the other ones they didn't. So that's just my little rant, and I'm still bitter. Because Chloe was awesome, and I can't believe they did her like that. I'm still mad. There's there's a reason that Chloe gets cameo costumes in later games, and Shirley does not. You are absolutely right. <laughs> That's usually a good indication of who's who's loved and who's kind totally. of. You can tell when the passion comes out with me because I'm just like, ah, yeah. Why? There's there's a, a, a sort of a, a, a fan distinction between Tales games that are story focused and Tales games that are combat focused. And Legendia, because it was made by a lot of like Tekken and Soul Caliber people, it wasn't the Tales studio. Ah. Uh, it was, uh, yeah, Project Melfast. I was wondering Melfast. about that. Um, so it's it's a lot of like people who have fighting game backgrounds. And, and I understand the intention there because... A, a lot of Tales combat is built around fighting game principles. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like we, we had Eric Van Allen on our Tales episode and he said that Tales yep. is a fighting game. It, it pretty much is. And playing Arise. Yeah. I yeah. So it, it makes sense. It just, uh, you know, unfortunately, a, as a follow up to Symphonia, which was very much a, a story and character uh, focused game that it, yeah, mm-hmm. it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't scratch the same itches, and for that, it's it's a bit of an outlier. It's also interesting that they put both out yeah. at the same time. 
totally. around the same time. Um, it, it, it's also interesting in that it's one of the few games that doesn't have character designs by either Kosuke Fujishima or Mutsumi Inomata, who are like the standard Tales character designers. It's part of why the casts are so lovable is that they have these amazing designs. Right. Um, and Legendia was uh, Kazuto Nakazawa, who is more famous for Samurai Champloo. Um, which you can kind of oh, see in the official art for yeah, sure. Yeah, you can see that. Um, but uh, yeah, it it means that it it kind of it gets forgotten a little bit, and and not not for no reason. Because two things I want to draw attention to: first, killer soundtrack, like one of the sneaky better ones in the series, and second of all, yeah, it I find the the post game content pretty interesting. I like the idea of featuring a, a lot of kind of character quests, character storylines that really kind of shed light on individual protagonists. It reminds me a little bit of Mawcross where the story seems to end and then you're like, oh, like, but yeah, let's explore a bunch of characters. But of course, Shirley might be one of the most unpopular characters in the series. Is she the most unpopular character in the series, Victor? Uh, most unpopular character in the series might be Bien Fu um, from Berseria. Uh, oh, I'd have to think on that. Let me, let me, let me make some notes as we go along. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping in mind that Legendia and Hearts Innocence, I, I think they're kind of maybe interchangeable a little bit because they they all kind of fall into a similar bucket. They all kind of uh, got their start. Or two of them got their start on Nintendo. I they just they don't hold in the mind. Very well, I will say. But Legendia, you know, so as a result, Legendia tends to come in for a lot of flack. Any other thoughts on Legendia? Mm -hmm. uh, first main character who punches, not swords. Coming in at number 14, it's yet another Nintendo DS Tales game that got remade on the PlayStation Vita. Thank God it's the last one. It's number 14, Tales of Innocence. This number one never came out in North America with an English release, but it does have an excellent fan translation, and there's one in the works for ours. This is the Connecting Thoughts RPG as Dimension Stride Linear Motion Battle System, and its hero is Ruka Milda. Ruka, not Luca. This is according to Races. This one was developed by Alpha System, its battle system is kind of a fusion of the Tales of Destiny remake and Tales of the Abyss with the added option of free running. Compared to uh, Tales of the Tempest, this one made much better use of the Nintendo DS, in my opinion. But there were still a lot of, shall I say, mm, uh, compromises, especially in the world and everything. A lot of attention went into making the battle system great. The rest of it, not so great. Uh, Innocence, <clears throat> also great opening theme, uh, worth checking out. It's atypical. It's not a standard anime opening theme. Um, but like it, it does have the DS version, excellent fan translation. If, if you're dying to play more tales, it's worth trying. Unfortunately, it, it really, um, it started a tradition that carried over into some of the main console Tales games that was really 
unfortunate in that all of its dungeons are just sort of like copy paste hallways Ah. in kind of a grid pattern. And it's very it's the peak of like you walked this way and you can see that it keeps going. So you better go back and walk the other way and see Mm -hmm. what treasure you missed. Like it's just (laughs) I know the type. It's so just fill in the map. It's just guess which which direction you're supposed to go. And uh, it doesn't have any of the fun puzzles or any of the like really considered dungeon design. So um, it also does have a really fun cast, though. The story goes interesting places, even for a Tales game. It's all about reincarnation and um there's there's uh, the the main character is a a nice sort of subversion of the heroic anime hero um and it's got a cool kind of steampunk fantasy vibe to it which which i really appreciated everybody looks like they're from dickensian (laughs) london (laughs) can't go wrong there please sir can i have some more uh because the battle system is is really based off of abyss um it it the transition to the Vita version is a lot easier. Like it's not as much of a leap as Hearts to Hearts R was. Kim, do you have any opinions on Tales of Innocence? I was sad this didn't come out in North America, to be honest with you. Like this is one I think a lot of people talk about and feel like they missed out um, a bit. And I've played a little bit of the import because I have it and... I, I've liked I've liked what I've played of it so far, but I can't really comment like either way on if it was like I don't think it was a groundbreaking Tales game by any means, but I think it would have been nice um, for us to have had the option to at least you know play it. So I feel bummed that we didn't get it, um, but other other than that, like I don't know, would it have been? Would people have had? fonder memories of it if we had i don't know is it going to be like one of those things that's more of like the one that got away so people talk it up more because i have a lot of friends who played it who really really like tales of innocence actually um they always talk about it really fondly which is why i went and picked up the import so it's one of those that i'll always kind of wonder about more and maybe one of these days when i don't have all these other rpgs calling my name i will finish it but yeah. 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 The, the, the eternal I know, promise. right? Yeah. It's it's too bad that because the the original plan was to remake all three DS games for the Vita. We had Tales of Hearts R, Tales of Innocence R, and we were going to get a Tales of the Tempest R because all of these remakes added uh, characters that sort of tied into the other worlds of the other three games, and it was going to be the Triverse series. Um, unfortunately, Innocence R didn't sell well enough to justify the remake of Tales of the Tempest. So we'll we'll never know. It's just sort of this evolutionary dead end that that just sort of exists. Just sort of exists. A good way to describe a lot of the yeah. games that we have seen, <laughs> we've discussed to this point. It, it's hard to have an especially strong opinion. Kim, um, I will say that I agree with you that if it had come out in North America, I think it would be better regarded i think it's probably the best of the nintendo ds games certainly does the most to make use of the hardware one of the better looking ones um you could argue that tales of hearts being more 2d and everything might have an argument for that as well but yeah like i think tales of innocence at the very least is a much needed step up from tales of the tempest though that's not 
especially hard. Uh, Innocence also has a really uh, ambitious, uh, kind of like a gambit system from FF12. It has some of the best party customization. And and in general, I, I find that Innocence translates a lot of systems from the console games onto handheld hardware, the best it had ever been done up to that point. So. Coming in at number 13, it's the entry that started it all. It's number 13 is Tales of Fantasia, the legendary RPG. It gave us the linear motion battle system. Its hero is Cress Albane. It came out on the GBA, iOS, sort of, and also on the Super Nintendo. But of course, it never came out here. Somewhat um, kind of a mythical RPG, but it doesn't hold up extremely well, unfortunately. But it does have one of the funniest dang fan translations in the history of RPGs, I would argue. (laughs) It was something else, and when I was younger and stupider and new to the internet, I thought fan translations were accurate. <laughs> like, I thought that these people knew what they were doing. I and, trust oh them my implicitly. God, like, I'm sure I trusted <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, totally. Like, I told my, I straight up told my supervisor at work, because he was a big RPG nerd, oh my god, the real translation for Final Fantasy IV, there's so much slurring, <laughs> they cut it all out in America. I made a real ass of myself, looking back. So... I think after that, I became so soured on fan translations and how many liberties they took back in the day. And of course, there were exceptions like Clyde Mandelin. He was working even then on games like Bahamut Lagoon, and that had an excellent translation. But when I played Tales of Fantasia on the you know Super Famicom slash emulator, it was just like, I am being taken for a ride here and I don't <laughs> like it. You know, I do don't think the F word was originally in this game and it certainly wasn't used to describe how this how this woman wizard has marital relations with other characters. It was just it was just a mess and I got so mad that I, I stopped. The one time I laughed out loud though was when you go into a town and there's like some nice people just playing the, some instruments and you talk to a kid and the kid's just like, these guys suck ass, <laughs> all in caps. And I thought that was fantastic. That was the only time I really like really thought this translation shone. Uh, I I think t- Tales of Fantasia is tragic in that we just don't have a yep. good way to play. No, it. we have the GBA port, which is infamous for the kangaroo incident, as I recall. Yeah, which it's, it's just to summarize sorry, for our our listeners, uh, somebody used search and find and replace in the in their Microsoft Word document back when this was being translated, and. Microsoft Word basically turned all instances of the word Ragnarok, which it didn't recognize, into kangaroo, which was, I guess, the closest match. So all these characters are talking about the war of kangaroo, and you're just like, is this for real? Is this something that... And you're honestly baffled because you just don't consider this the, the, the very real prospect that someone who translated this game just had a beer at, the, uh, like at 12 o'clock on a Friday and left the machine to do everything, and just... Just a real conundrum there. It's wild. It's wild. I, I mean, uh, you know, Eric Van Allen and I, um, as of this recording, have have an episode of Retronauts coming out um, in a few 
months maybe Ugh, i don't know uh but we we have a we have an episode where we we go on a deep dive into tales of fantasia with with bob mackie and um it is it is a fascinating game especially because there's so many versions of it and just that that they've never seen fit to make those available to the english speaking world is baffling well, yeah, this absolutely. was during an era where it was difficult at best to get a lot of super nintendo rpgs uh, localized. It always felt like a little bit of a totally. dark war. Yeah, but they they've had they've had the the PlayStation re release was That's an true. opportunity. Then the GBA version kind of isn't the best way mm. to play it. Then there's been two other PSP releases of the game. That, two that are. Yeah, there's there was one they released Tales of Fantasia full voice edition, which is based <laughs> on the beauty. PS1 version, but they added voice acting to everything. And then there's the uh, so Tales of Fantasia did have a sequel on the Game Boy Color, uh, sort of called Narikiri Dungeon. Uh, and that also got a PSP remake. And as a bonus, they included the full version of Tales of Fantasia in it wow. and added a new character. Um so there's the Tales of Fantasia Cross Edition. I I sort of think is the best version of that game, uh, including, you know, it's got two more characters than were originally on the Super Famicom version. And it's super playable. Like the battle system is very much like Eternia or or um, some of the more updated 2D games. But we don't get to play it. Yeah. I see where you're coming from because I totally understand why we did not get the SNES version because it was very late in the system's life and there was a lot going on in that cartridge. There was no way they could have fit a translation. We know now that Seeking Death Tetsu 3 was was not an option for a translation here because the text alone would have added so much weight to the cartridge that it just wasn't possible. Whereas here's Tales of Fantasia, which is another RPG with a ton of dialogue and actual like an actual j-pop song and some voice acting as well like that there's no way that's being localized for the west like it's just not going to fit in a cartridge that's under 100 megs but yeah there were a lot of opportunities where they could have just said hey here's the original and it's all nice and buffed up and it's not the game boy advanced version so i understand too where cat's coming from though like it wasn't the greatest time for jrpgs and, and like cat says the, the super famicom version hasn't aged super well yeah Interesting yeah history in that it was uh, Namco apparently went in and exercised a lot of editing over the development of the game to the point that the development team actually got pretty frustrated. It led, I believe, indirectly to the founding of Triace, which gave us Valkyrie Profile. So thank you so hey much. Yo. It, it, it led directly to the founding of Triace. The Triace is named after the three developers who left Namco to start Star Ocean over with Enix and then make Valkyrie Profile. That's so it awesome. was a it was purely a fuck you to <laughs> to Namco. That's what Triace translates to. This is F what you. I'll say about Tales of Fantasia. I think the story is quite cliche in many ways. It does not stand out from your typical 16-bit fare back in the day, but that's a lot of Tales stories. Sorry, Tales fans. But it was gorgeous for a Super Nintendo game. Lots of great effects. Oh, absolutely. Uh, very detailed backgrounds, detailed characters. The battle system is fairly clunky these days and moves at a slow pace. So in many respects, Tales of Fantasia is not the most fun to play, but back in the day, it was quite... Uh, it was yeah, it was very... So unique. unique. Oh, God, I hate seeing that. 
And if you have a way to play any of the re-releases, they do play a lot faster and and have aged a lot better. So they are sort of the more definitive versions. of. I also want to highlight the iOS version, which was always online, had a huge number of problems, and then ultimately didn't work anymore (laughs) and got delisted. That happens a lot with iOS games. iOS 8 Mm -hmm. broke half the games. iOS 11 broke the rest of them. I can't remember if Tails iOS was the game where you had, it was free, but you had to pay to save or something ridiculous like that. There was some RPGs like that on the iOS. So they they got rid of save points, a bunch of save points. They increased the difficulty and didn't let you change it. And then you had to pay to revive yourself. What? Right. It was awful. It was I, oh my. I cursed up and down Horrible. when I made my review for that game. Uh, it, they, it, it wasn't even that it stopped working on later versions of the phone. They just delisted it because yeah, it was hated bullshit. so it was much. Such yeah. trash. Call it what yeah. it is. Bullshit. It's g- absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. Just that the most was cynical one of the, cash like, grab imaginable. I've played a lot of free-to-play games, as you can imagine. That's one of the worst systems that I've ever dealt with. I couldn't believe they, they were so brazen. Coming up next, it's number 12, and yep, it's another sequel. All right, here comes my time. Uh, Victor had his Tempest run. I'm going to (laughs) defend Zillia too. Um, oh boy! Yes. Okay, yes, here's the thing. It. Here's the thing. Go. The debt system, absolutely bullshit. And um, they just decided, hey, how can we pad out this game and slow down people, you know, rushing through it faster? Let's make you pay back the debt and do all these extra quests. Oh, and it was a. Yes. Ba- I remember hearing about it at E3 that year when they're like, they used one of their selling points in their presentation. You're gonna have to pay off this debt. I was like, what? That doesn't sound fun. <laughs> Oh boy, real life. Yeah, I'm like, I don't want to be reminded of that. But like, you know, you had to do all these extra, a certain amount of side quests. And it was to get you to engage with the side content, which if it's side content, that's your freaking choice. Okay. So I won't get on a soapbox about that. But I really liked um, Tales of Zillia. So having Tales of Zillia 2, a direct connection to it, um, I was excited about it. And I think I had more fun with this game than... I want that I ever like let on because the debt system really does hamper some of the fun. But Elle is the cutest damn little girl in the world. And I love her story. <laughs> I liked Ludger as a as a protagonist. Um, I thought the cast were really like well done. And I remember really liking their their side content um, and getting to know them. And I had a lot of fun with it. And so I will defend it as being like, there is some really good writing in here, but you have to put up with some with some crap. And it sucks that I don't know who made that decision with the debt system and was like, this is going to be a thing people are going to like. <laughs> so much so we're going to put it as like one of our our features at an E3 presentation. Like, I still can't get over that. And I'm like, whoever's <laughs> told, like, made them see, think that this was a good idea. But the story is like a little... It's Tails nonsense craziness, but you know what? For me, those character moments were really strong, and I really did like this cast. I have, like I said, I have a little elf figure that I have sitting on my desk. She's just so cute. Um, But 
The battle system, I remember being really good too. The Zillia battle systems were really fun. Uh, like I, I like totally. Zillia, I think more than a lot of people did. And I look back on it as like, because I had a lot of fun with it. Like if the, if the battles just always, it just worked for me. I loved, I love that. So this game deserves to get some, you know, comments about that debt system but i think it's much it ended up being a lot of fun in the end and much better than i was expecting it to be now if they would have taken out that whole system like i would have done those side quests i guess anyways but it's like i don't believe you should like force the player into content that's supposed to be optional and i will stand by that so that's my little soapbox on tales of Cilia 2 thank you for coming to my talk it's it's <laughs> it's really funny i'm i'm with you on so many so many parts of the zillia love because uh what, what's funny about the debt system is that they start the game it uh, luger literally has medical debt um it's like too close America, too the close to reality oh. too close <laughs> yeah yeah uh and it, it starts out when you're when you're in the starting town there's uh there's some like really it looks like they're going to be starting some really interesting commentary yeah. on the you know the the caste system how people with money get to get away with things and get to live freely and people who don't like it the game literally confines you to areas of the world based on how bad your debt is and you have to open up these new areas by showing that you can consistently pay your debt back which is like like there, there's something cool in there. If they if they went for it, they could have made that really like biting commentary. Uh, but ultimately, it just kind of ends up being a way for them to because it it's is a, a budget it's a, game. It's the tails bloat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the because Zillia itself was rushed, and they had so much cut content from Zillia that they were able to justify just making a sequel. It's very much like the FF13, 13-2 conundrum. Um, But because all of these areas were places that you went to in Zillia, they needed an artificial way to keep you from from getting to them. Like they needed a justification why you can't just explore this world that you've been to already freely. And it's it's a little ham-fisted, but uh, like you say, best some of the best battle system i i this is the closest the game that the series gets to feeling like a mm-hmm. bayonetta or, yes. or a devil may cry like there is so much this is a game where if you go look up combo exhibition videos of people who have mastered this battle system it's wild it's so much fun to watch the, there's like the the skill system is so deep and so incredibly nuanced that like you can have so much fun with combat in in the Zillia games. Tales of Zillia 2, Choices That Spin the Future RPG. Why is it called that? Uh, I, I think part of it is because that it has multiple endings and it also has, there's a dialogue choice uh, system that is very new. This, this is the first game to have a silent protagonist. Oh, interesting um, choice. Uh, Luger doesn't speak throughout the game and you get a bunch of little dialogue options and there's an affinity system with all of the characters. So that's sort of furthering the like, I I think you'll agree with me, Kim, that this is the game that does what Symphonia Dawn of the New World didn't do. And it utilizes that old Mm -hmm. cast. Yes, yes, it does. That was uh, it's also a good point. Bringing in the other cast members from the first game really really well done in how they did it and 
again, I liked watching this big kind of cast come together and it's, it's, it's what I like about tales, right? It's the character moments, great character moments in this game. And I think for me, that'll always like stand out for me and what I had like the most fun with it and, and, and having a good battle system on top of it. Because like I said, it's, it hurts that they made some bad decisions that because there is a lot of good here. And then it's like, why, why? I remember having to review this and it was really hard because I was like, God, this battle system is so good. I really like these characters, but story is just nonsense and create an off, you know, off kilter a little bit. And then you have also, like I said, the decisions with the debt system. And it's just like, ah, it brings down what's so great about this game. And um, that that's unfortunate. Um, and I think too, like you said, with the Zillia games, they did, they split them up. They were shorter tales games and people didn't, like that because they wanted their 50 hour experiences and these were like Hmm. the 20 to 20 what 25 i think 30 you think you could get to 30 in some of them if you really were completionist but they're shorter on the tails end um and i think people felt with this too as like it should have been one game and not split into two and a lot of people are mad about that so there's a lot of controversy kind of around what they did with the title but if i look i look back at it and I don't know. I'd f- it was a fun experience for what it was. And um, I ended up liking the characters more than I thought I would. And those little interactions and how they bring in some of the past characters was was done really well. And this this was definitely the era of Western games. Uh, this was like peak dad game saturation. Uh, and, and this was mm-hmm. absolutely the the tales version yes. of a dad game <laughs> this is anime dad game and i like it i think luger is great i think l is great i think their story is really charming uh, so so in the end tales of zillia 2 doesn't quite come together in some ways it's hamstrung by the debt system it is very much a budget game but ah that battle system it really sings and our final one for this particular list It's a sequel that we always wanted, but most Americans have not played. Yes, number 11 is Tales of Destiny 2. Not to be confused with that other Tales of Destiny 2. For the mm-hmm. PlayStation 2 and the PSP, it's a liberating fate RPG, and it has the trust in tactical linear motion battle system. Big fan of those 2D graphics on the PlayStation 2. What do we think of Tales of Destiny 2? This is the one that got away. Yeah. This is really the the epit- Like, as I was talking with Innocence, there is a lot of games at the time you know, that we would discuss, like, why didn't they bring this one over and, and so forth. And this is one, it was one, yeah, it was one that I under, but people always will wonder about this um, in, for North American fans and always be a little bitter that we didn't get it. And I, I wish, I wish that we, yeah, I wish we, there was an opportunity for people to play it in North America. It was this like this is where the series branched off into the 3D Symphonia and the 2D 
like uh, Destiny 2 style stuff. Um, this was the first this was the first 2D uh, Tales. I think this was the first Tales on PS2. It's it's really pretty. Uh, and it it like I'll, I'll be upfront. This is the one I've played the least because there is a fan translation, a, a very, very good fan translation in the works right now. Um, that should be coming out relatively soon and it looks amazing and day one I'm going to be putting in my physical disc and running that fan translation through my PS2 and I'm going to treat it as if a new Tales game has come out <laughs> because philosophy. this is the one th this really is the one that got away th this is this is where this list has to be arbitrary for me because I I, I can't say I know enough about it to to really give it proper judgment but i am so excited to finally be able to play it relatively soon to answer your question by the way it came out in 2002 on the playstation 2 yeah so it was the first game in the series to come out on the ps2 followed by Phew. rebirth and then many others but this was you're yeah. correct this was kind of the beginning of the shift to 3d because the next year we got Tales of Symphonia, but then Rebirth, interestingly enough, came out in 2004. I, I'm going to level with you. I put it this high up because, first of all, while it doesn't, I think, uh, it, it doesn't have the real strengths in some ways as Zillia, I think it's less uneven mm -hmm. than Zillia. And mm -hmm. I think it's probably the strongest of the sequels. Um, like the true sequels. And for God's sake, it's so pretty. Yeah. It's just yeah. so pretty to look at. It's so pretty. It's, this is, I know we haven't talked a ton about about character design, but this is like, I, I, I fell in love with the Tales games because of Kosuke Fujishima's designs for Symphonia and Abyss and things like that. But Mutsumi Inomata's designs, I think are absolutely gorgeous. And I have I've really like fallen in love with them and her style and and what they sort of represent for the ethereal, very like anime look of the Tales games. And and Destiny 2 has a great cast. Like this is this is some peak Inomata character design. So colorful, so nice to look at. And the pixel art is just so good. Gotta love that. Everybody's like, but who's Judas? And it's like, we all know who this character is. <laughs> It's keeping in the yeah. tradition of yeah. anime characters like being moment. poorly disguised mm -hmm. by masks. It's very, mm -hmm. very char from uh, I mean, Zeta Gundam. Yeah, totally. If his name is Judas, I'm assuming he's up to no good. <laughs> we'll see <laughs> when the fan translation comes out. It's like out. having a name like Iago. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And that is the first part of our Great Tales ranking. How are we feeling so far? about the ranking of all the games. Any notable emissions, games that are too low? I'm curious what you think, Kim and Victor. I I can't think about the order. I can't. I can't do it. I or understand. I understand. I, I, I feel like I could make a case for any game to be in any spot. Mm -hmm. uh, so you like, would put Tales of oh, the Tempest at number <laughs> one? Tales of the Tempest, number one with a bullet, baby. <laughs> That's the peak. Emphasis on hey, bullet. you give me a... You give me a 10 hour long JRPG and I'm I'm happy. <laughs> that's 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 a real sweet spot. Tales history going through and trying to rank like 
it's had some really memorable entries. It's also had a lot of entries that are kind of run of the mill too. And so you get to this part of the list and a lot of them were like, a lot of the ones on this this tier, they feel very, they could go either or. Like you could swap them one spot or not or whatever because there's not many that like, there's some that like arguably like, you know, Dawn of the New World, bad in my opinion. Did not like it, whatever. Um, Tempest, even sorry, Victor. But like, there's a, there's other <laughs> ones where I'm like, with some of these, I'm like, I could, like I said, it's very, I give you credit for, for ranking all them because it is hard. It's hard to make decisions on some of these when they are so close together. And um, not to be like that person, but a lot of these, like I said, run in like the what, seven, probably like even range mm-hmm. <laughs> on a score. Um, and are just like, totally. yeah, they're fine games. Like they did what they they needed to. And a lot of the ones that we are talking about here were more budget entries, unfortunately. And like that, you know, that reflects just, you know, you see it in, in you know, Zillia 2, what happened there. And even, you know, going to look at Tales of Hearts and all that. So I think like these landed where they needed to. Um, really excited to see in the next (laughs) the top ones because i think there's going to be more battles there because everybody has their own reasons for their favorites and and so forth and i think you're getting into more of the entries that like obviously people remember the most and where do you rank some of those in with the age with time because time has changed how i've felt about some of these games as well i've gone Mm -hmm. back to play some of them recently and i was like god this was really good for the time but like now it just doesn't hold up and and so forth i i and i think the nature of tales games is that none of them are are like peak video game you know like none of them are world changing none of them are you know it's is look we all agree metroid prime is the citizen kane of video games <laughs> Tail, tales games tales games are the james bonds just of fun. video games you have to buy into them yeah you 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 meet them halfway you enjoy them for what they are and you will naturally find which ones appeal to you more or less they are competent at what they do. And and that makes it really hard because a Tales game that is a perfect Tales game is still a 50-hour JRPG with a bunch that that is just a Voltron of anime tropes. Yep. <laughs> and if you know, if if that's not something you're interested in, then a Tales game is going to rank lower for you on a on a list of of games. But I yeah, I I think that it's it's going to be really fun to see who has memories mm-hmm. of what games and why that resonates with them. And yeah. By the way, Tales of Zillia 2 is the quantum of solace of this series. The the most stylish. Okay, I'll allow it. The I'll most allow over it the top with its action, reasons. but also badly flawed. Uh, well, that would make it the Die Another Day. <laughs> <laughs> die Another Day was just bad. It was just bad, bad. Yeah. <laughs> When I look at this list, uh, like the first part of this list, I see a lot of RPGs that have some merit, are very stylish in ways, but are also badly, badly, badly flawed all the way up to the very top. I think Tales of Zillia 2 and Tales of Destiny 2 is where we first start to genuinely get into a place where we go, okay, yeah, like, this is good, right? You know, like a game like Tales of Fantasia just does not hold up. Uh, A game like Tales of 
uh, Symphonia Down in the New World, as Kim already said, very bad. Tales of Hearts, just plain, very forgettable, and so on and so forth. But we are getting into the good ones, or at least the not bad ones. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to part two, which is available right now on your podcatcher of your choice if you're a patron, patreon.com slash bloodgodpod. But before we go, Kim, please promote some things. Oh, wow. Well, if you want to uh, check out my work, obviously, Twitter is the best place to do, KSTAR1785. And I am on GameInformer.com. I actually just had a piece go up um, two weeks ago or so that was on Felcom's uh, 40th anniversary. And I got to talk to their president, Kondo, about um, how the company has changed. And he has a really fun story in there about balancing ease when he was just like in his intern stages and learning stuff. That That's really cool if you guys... Uh, I know you, this this podcast is into, you know, people listen to it for RPGs. So that's probably the most recent feature that I've done that I think would probably have uh, your interest. And you know me, I'm, I'm playing my Tales of Arise. So I'll probably have some more comments and opinions on that as it goes through. But yeah, that's that's the best ways to, to see my work. Yeah, um, on Twitter at Victor E. Hunter. Um uh, you can also hear me on Charlie and Dropout yeah. with Nadia, our, our Final Fantasy XIV podcast. Um, also, uh, if you don't hate the sound of my voice, uh, I am the, the voice of the main character of Nintendo's hit mobile game, Dragalia Lost. Uh, check it out. It's real fun. If you, if you want a mobile RPG, that's the one to play. All right. That is it for part one of our Great Tales ranking. We'll be right back just a moment with part two and until then for nadia kim victor and myself thanks for listening happy adventuring 